it is time to tune up the band and shatter that glass, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chin Wag Podcast. I am Sam, and as ever, joined by Reardon and Dan. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. 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 Yeah, it's very energetic. I feel with this intro, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, as I'm getting more and more used to it, I bring more energy to it. <laughs> <laughs> this just, I think it's just, this is an exciting damn episode. Oh, oh, oh yeah! This is one we've been waiting for since the inception <laughs> of this podcast. So it's been a long time coming. Let's do this. It makes me wonder why we did it like eleven in. <laughs> no, because you know we gotta like break. We gotta like keep the people waiting. <laughs> it's, uh, and you know, keeping our appetites up as well as the viewers and listeners, I should say. Um, exactly. uh, yeah, going three months strong now. I'm genuinely chuffed with that, gents, if you, if you don't mind Holy me asking. Holy hell, you're right! Yeah? <laughs> That's ridiculous, wow! Yeah, just a wee bit. <laughs> just a wee bit. <laughs> so, as ever, we give you this podcast free of charge, thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, and always pending, pending other platforms. <laughs> Though I'm hopeful. Pending! I'm always hopeful. That soon enough, that will be uh, won't be pending any longer. But before we, we get, we will not be denied other <laughs> platforms. <laughs> oh, as you said the other week, we will make our own. We will make our own. Yeah, I'll have to make some calls now that we've got like thirty something followers on Twitter. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, we've got. A Do you know who we are? <laughs> <laughs> we've got a small, very minuscule, like water droplets of a following on the internet. There are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> but before we get on and get any more sillier, uh, before we get on with this week's episode, which is, of course, we love Jim Johnston, uh, we are going to head on over and visit Dan to uh, this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Oh. <laughs> Me like we it. Are today, no, switching it up, switching it up. You know, keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. <laughs> uh, in to- talking of not keeping anyone guessing, we now have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for SummerSlam. Never saw that one coming. Oh, um, but I mean that seems to be the way it's going. I mean, it'll be should be a great match. Uh, Orton will definitely elevate Drew and really just take it to another level. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, I think we, because we discussed this a little bit beforehand, before we recorded, but um, I know a lot of people probably are going to complain a bit. They say, oh, it's it's the same old hat for the past, sev- like, several it's decades. It's Randy now. Orton, again! <laughs> uh, but uh, Vince, this is the, Vince, this is the fifth time you've brought Randy Orton to show and tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but look at the, look at the muscles, look at the tattoos, look at the... Sword, I have not a bulge. Look at that bulge. <laughs> anyway, no, what I was saying um, <laughs> was, uh, uh, oh god, I've been distracted by Randy Orton's bulge. No, um, what I was saying was, even not though, for the first time, not for the first time, even though, like, I know people will complain about Randy Orton being in the main event again. I think uh, it's probably the best decision right now, considering that they're very limited with their choices of who they could put in the main event. Mm. <laughs> Extremely limited, so I say. 
Yeah. I yeah. I mean, it, it it it's just it just seems like the best way to really uh, elevate Drew, take it to the next level, and mm. especially as they're trying to sell uh, Drew as quite a pure babyface, despite the fact he really kind of isn't. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's surprising that they haven't been able to, you know, why they haven't gone for the whole Scottish psychopath that he you know, really got over with in the indies. I can't, and that's the reason he came back. I can't understand that, but uh, I don't know. Vince. I gotta say, I gotta say Drew's been doing well with it, so you can't Oh yeah, Drew's been doing great with it. Yeah. You can't complain too hard, but it is really weird. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, to put, I mean, let's be honest, like, in all honesty, I think Randy Orton's been the best heel this year so far. So oh, absolutely. So it makes absolute sense, I mean, with Edge now being out um, for a few months due to injury, it makes the only sort of sense to put Randy in that sort of position now. Um, oh, um, no, I definitely, I definitely think it's fitting. And uh, here's the hope that this means that... Uh, that Drew can have a nice long rivalry and still be champion by the end of the year. We can only hope. Yeah. Let's let's hope that we don't have a five minute championship match. Oh crumbs! You've gone done we, it now. Can, can we have? Can we have that? Can we have a championship match? Dan, next new like story. Dan, next new story. He's <laughs> jinxed it. That's a statement. Well, speak, speaking speaking of uh, faces and heels, we had uh, Mustafa. Obviously, we had the return of Mustafa Ali. He's definitely getting uh, pushed as a face. Uh, whether or not that's going to be in the form of this kind of uh, pseudo stable that's been formed between him, him, uh, Ricochet, and Cedric Alexander. Uh, he had a very confusing loss against Bobby Lashley. I don't really know why. Um, I don't really think Bobby Lashley needed to have the full Nelson put over even more than it already has been. And it really just kind of kills the momentum on Mustafa Ali. And it definitely looks like they're trying to elevate him back to the main event picture. As if you'll remember, he was meant to be in the place that we then got Kofi Mania from. Mm. See um, reference from several episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, go watch that episode and get the full context on that situation. Quick sidebar, I actually, I actually re-listened to that episode this morning. And I was hey. like... Oh man, I I I was I was incensed. I was so angry. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> but um, yeah, it it we it seems like they're just trying to build him back up to that position. But to have him lose, but also to not have Bobby Lashley going anywhere, I really can't get it. I assume they have something in place. Uh, I do like what they're doing with this uh, MVP's almighty faction with him, uh, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes, really. Mm. Indeed. Uh, Alistair Black should be coming back with a new gimmick. Uh, after the story came out that Vince said that he is missing something in the same way he believes Cesaro is missing something, which most members of the IWC have responded with uh, quite quite blanket disagreement, I would say. No, no, no. You yeah. know what? I'd actually agree. You know what he's missing? A championship title around his goddamn waist, like he deserves. Yes, exactly. Um, if it, I'll it, sw- I swear to God, if the gimmick changes the Funkasaurus again, I, 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 I'm quitting. I'm quitting wrestling altogether. Alistair Black is the Funkasaurus. No, please, no. God, don't, please, no. don't, don't give him ideas. <laughs> this is the man who wanted to put the revival in clown outfits. All right. 
somebody call my mama. Um... Uh, I mean, if, depending on what he's coming back with, I mean, I I follow Alistair Black on the socials, and it does look like he's coming back with something a lot more intense, a lot more sinister, maybe a little bit more in line with what he had in uh, NXT. Um, but I'm, you know, we have to wait and see where things go. Mm. Uh, I've expressed my ideas and how I want it to go, and looking at what people are saying around what he's doing and the kind of social media stuff he's doing. Uh, I'm interested, and hopefully he comes back, and it just kind of goes back towards kind of NXT self or his early main roster self. Indeed. Uh, we had the incredibly confusing Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler situation on Raw. Didn't yeah. understand that was basically all pointless. Oh, so he didn't follow. Uh, Shayna Baszler is now feuding with Nia Jax. Um, they had a brawl, uh, which was stopped. Then a match was arranged, uh, which they then brawled in, and then both got counted out. They're not like these were at different points in the show, by the way. Oh god! Oh god! No idea with it, but I mean, cool. <laughs> They're doing something. Yeah. Uh, I guess if they want to build Shayna Baszler again, I guess Nia Jax is the person to do it against. I don't really understand the the, the logic behind it, but to be fair, most of the women's roster is out doing other stuff. Uh, as we'll get to, <laughs> uh, we had, and then we had quite possibly what some have said is uh, the worst title match in WWE history. Um, Vince saying he hates WCW and then stealing their booking ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just a really bad match between. Well, it was a good match between Sasha Banks and Asuka until the confusing finish with. Bailey appearing on screen on the Titantron, beating up Kyrie, and then Asuka running off to help Kyrie, and then as per the rule set by Stephanie, that because she got counted out, she lost the title, and that's like possibly the worst way to give Sasha Banks the title because it literally puts no one in that situation over except I guess maybe Bailey. It reeks of new generation booking mixed with WCW booking, like, so bad. <laughs> um, and you know what the worst thing about me making that analogy is? In the, at least in the new generation, they treated the women wrestlers with actually some respect. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it, it, it's just it's just been it's just been super confusing, and so like loads of uh, commentators and people in the have been saying, you know. Asuka's reign felt pointless and it really did because yeah. it hasn't had any payoff no one's been put over nah. you know it's very rare you see someone get a title and then think to yourself they've kind of been buried by getting that title yeah that's a very good point actually. and I don't want both I don't want both competitors mm. here Why does it always I don't think Asuka this has done Sasha. anything for <laughs> Sasha Banks's profile no because all they've made her do is look like Bailey's sidekick Right. While well, Bailey screws her really, over constantly. She has a really bad luck when it comes to titles. It's kind of insane. Yeah. It's it it's really weird, but hey, we go from uh one I think it was actually one of the lowest rated shows in raw history, uh to a much more highly rated show, NXT. Hey. Uh this week's uh ratings were really good for NXT. Well, we had the return of the UE, uh, Undisputed Era, hey. after the whole weird Adam Cole, Pat McAfee situation. <laughs> Not going to go into that. Um, 
they announced the debut of Ridge Holland. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, new guy coming. He basically Brock Lesnar, but Yorkshire. I mean, go on. That's basically the only way I can describe him. I mean, look, 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 look. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, but Yorkshire. Uh, Brock Lesnar was a farm boy from South Dakota. Ridge Holland, a farm boy from Yorkshire. I mean, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, them. all right, my lover, I'm next big thing, I am. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. <laughs> we, can, we, um, can up, we can upset Yorkshire. We don't care. Ah, yeah, well, we're from the UK and we're from the South, so it basically becomes part of the course. Suck much. it, Yorkshire. <laughs> you make good tea, but come on. Yeah, no, you do. You know, I'll give you that Yorkshire tea. Mwah. Beautiful. I'll give you that. <laughs> That's the most British uh, thing we've ever said in this podcast. Yeah, before. I know. <laughs> Yorkshire tea was good. Mm. Um, we had the amazing uh, Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong match. Well, that was the great. chains. <laughs> the, the pure wrestling in it. Oh. Amazing. The two work so well. The ring chemistry. Chef's kiss. <laughs> oh, it's just like, great. So great. They they just they just worked so well together and had so much um, going on in terms of uh, you know the the physical storytelling, the in ring storytelling. Mm. And to be fair, if this was a rivalry that wants to grow a little bit further, I'd possibly come into a title picture. All for it. Oh. Absolutely. I know people are saying maybe keep Gargano away from the titles for a bit, and I kind of echo that sentiment. But I think that it would be really good to have this running in the background amongst the backdrop of everything else. Absolutely. Uh, we then had an amazing main event. <laughs> oh, Finn this... Balor, Timothy Thatcher... Dexter Loomis triple threat for number one for number one contender space at the North American title match. I believe it's a ladder match, actually. Yes. Um, um, what's what's to say about this match? Is is there is there there are few joys better in life than a damn good triple triple threat match? The the the, the funny thing is with the way these three work, you know, they're very vastly differing styles you wouldn't think they would have worked as well together as they did. But actually, the way it kind of came together and seeing it transition as each one kind of took control of the match uh, was really interesting to see. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think if, if anything, the best part about this whole North American title situation, uh, I think what people thought was actually going to devalue the belt they're actually using it to build more stars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I think they're really, you know, they've got a, a really good tap on this. You know, they're really on, they're really on the pulse of this. Um, I have to say, you know what? I reckon if fans were there, Dexter Loomis would be even more over than he is right now. Mm. Mm. Um, that, is the, like, that is the major question I do find with all of these decisions is, what it mm. would be like if we had the if we had the fans in, yeah. But yeah, no, it it just seems amazing, and now we've got Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed in that match. So uh, <sighs> just remains to, remains to see who we're going to get next. Um, and honestly, I think it's just going to elevate it. Once we get that match at Takeover, it will be quality, and whoever gets that title is going to be looking great. 
Yes. Um, and they should have some really, really strong feuds coming up with it as well. Uh, and then finally for NXT, it does look like Dakota Kai is being tipped to become the next women's champion. Hmm. Uh, it does look like it may be the start of a quite recurring rivalry between her and Io Shirai. Uh, interesting to see how that goes. I would like to see how uh, they might try and bring Tegan Knox into it because she's definitely been pushing that scene. Um, yes. And if they're going to be keeping her on the edge, I would be quite questioning that decision, especially considering her past interactions and the storyline they can build with her and Dakota Kai as well. Um, as I said to you uh, as well, this this is they're definitely booking this like the female version of Gargano Champa, and I'm all for oh, definitely. that. Uh, especially how organic this story, uh, the storyline between the, uh, both Kai and Knox has been. So. I'm all for it, and if I, I I'm I'm more than happy for this to be a, a long run for Knox to get the women's championship. Um, I think having Kai as champion would just add another notch to the the drama of all of it. Definitely. And now we move to SmackDown. Uh, I'm just going to throw in a quick note here to just say Bray Wyatt's character work is incredible. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. No shame. <laughs> His character work is just incredible. Really is. The stuff that he's been doing in the most he did in the most recent SmackDown. Uh, now that the Fiend has come into full frontal view, mm. um, and how he played that off in the in the Firefly Funhouse segment, impeccable. There's a yeah. reason people are saying that he's one of the best. Like he's just switching between them on a dime. He's just ready to go on it, and it is just incredible. Um, again, we saw uh, Baron Corbin, I think, definitely much more embracing the heel energy that he can. Um, looks like, through a combination with him, we may be getting some uh, some kind of a push for Chad Gable. I know. This thing surprised the heck out of me, and I was like, oh my god. So, I oh mean, to be fair, we could be getting heel Chad Gable. I mean, Ooh. I'd be happy for that. I'm, I'm, and I'm glad I'm glad you are you are pronouncing him the right way, and if he's going to go heel... He oh, I refuse to back. call him by the other name. I refuse to call him by it. He should go back to being Chad Gable, go back to the wrestling, uh, wrestling singlet, and compete and be a complete and utter ass-kicker. As he rightfully should be, WWE. Like yeah. I mean, just it just seemed like quality work between them. Uh, you had the match with Corbin comes through, Matt Riddle intervenes, and then Chad Gable comes back, does this really cool like uh, rolling German oh, the uh, old, kind uh, of combination. I love the Chaos Fury German. It's like that is like. If if anyone knows me and knows how much I love British wrestling, they know how much I love Doug Williams and his finisher, which is the Chaos Theory. And just the fact that Chad Gable... Chad Gable not only does it well, or just as good, he just has such a flair and finesse to that thing. Just makes it so... Oh, just... Mwah. just yeah, no, mwah. he was so, so good. So clean. Uh, we then had uh, Big E in his first singles match now that he's on his uh, singles run. Uh, fantastic match. Uh, looks like we're getting, might be getting a new finish for him in the stretch muffler submission. All for it. Needs a bit more variety if he's going to be a main event player. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think it really works really well because you could probably use it on people who 
you maybe necessarily you know they're selling that you can't lift or anything like that it could also work for the lighter competitors as well um i, I so... think i think um i think just his um personality and his um and his mic work will boost up if he's um if his ring work isn't as isn't as like doesn't have that much variety. I think that'd be fine. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, as you said, I like the fact that uh, they're keeping him as a face for this. Mm. I definitely think it's where he would thrive. Mm. Right now, at least, anyway. Um, and I'm happy they haven't just jumped straight into the whole, like, well, he's gone on his own, so now he has to turn heel against his partners. You know, they're really selling it as, um, you know, this is Big E wanting to do it for Big E. Um, and, they're you know, they're, the way that they're they're selling it and making it work is just fantastic. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yes. Uh, in amongst the uh, stuff, the women's division on SmackDown, we had the return of Sonya Deville. Very weird segment with her attacking Mandy Rose. Cutting Not going to get hair, into it. I believe, as well. Cutting her hair off and smearing mm. makeup over her face. Really weird. I'm going to have hold my hands up and say I don't really get it. <laughs> uh, I mean, we had. I mean, we've, we've had it as um that basically that Sonya Deville is Mandy Rose's Joker in the way of like she no she's basically Helga from Hey Arnold when it comes to Mandy Rose. But uh, but I can't. I I hate how specific a reference that is but I heard it and I was like you know what you're right <laughs> oh my god Sonya Deville was Helga Pataki confirmed like the evidence is clear yeah look thing is I'm glad All right, you I'm gonna pretend I, I didn't hear that I'm moving to the next news point <laughs> <laughs> I will remind you after at the end of the recording <laughs> Uh, we had the completely, well, not completely inconsequential match, but Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross lost again. Um, at this point, it's just kind of a joke. <laughs> like, everyone was like, oh, cool. All right. Guess she's lost again. Uh, but it did give us uh, an amazing moment at the end with the Fiend coming uh, and approaching Alexa Bliss. Um if we're following Preston with the Fiend, everyone he visits have ended up being changed, so he should be getting an Alexa Bliss heel turn, which should be really good. Mm. I was wondering whether or not they were actually going to go have the Fiend go for Nikki Cross, though, and then have her return to her previous gimmick. Oh, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. But it doesn't seem like it, so it looks like we're getting heel Alexa Bliss. I will just say with this, though... <laughs> Aside from Bailey and Banks, I don't think there are actually now going to be any other women's tag teams. <laughs> oh, crumbs, yeah. Oh, wow, They're going to yeah. be the only ones there. <laughs> oh, crumbs. Ah. Unless they make something quick. Uh, Dan, I know like we have plenty of other news items, but I have to ask. I have to ask you guys. Do we know who's in the women's tag team picture? Is there a women's tag team picture? Sasha Banks and Bailey. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> Unless the iconics appear out of like nowhere. Please. Please, please, please iconics. 
please. In the words of Billy Kay, you've got to be joking me. Please, sports. Iconic. That was actually pretty good, Ben, I have to say. Hey, I have Australian and New Zealand family. Uh, I've got the understanding of it. Uh, um, <laughs> and then I'm I'm just going to throw in a side point here. We had the AJ Styles versus Grand Metalik match. I mean, we weren't expecting Grand Metalik to win, but it was really good anyway. Strong showing from him shows why he's so good and why people love him so much. Um, I will just say this, though. I honestly think on SmackDown, the IEC title is probably more prestigious than the actual Blue Universal title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, I, mean mm. I know they're going long-form storytelling with Bray and Braun, but, like, mm. at the same time, <laughs> I don't even know if I even care that Bray wins it at this point. I just want him to have it out of principle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It is the weirdest thing. Uh, but also, I'm kind of glad that the Intercontinental title actually has meaning again. Yay! Oh, I know! Yeah. It's yeah. actually good. Uh, and now, just to briefly run over a couple other um, short news moments. Eddie Kingston, we love. Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, who I know I love. Now all elite. Fantastic seeing them both on there. Absolutely. Great performers. I know Cody and a lot of other people on AEW have got a load of flack for bringing in Matt Cardona, saying it's a ex WWE friends club and stuff like that. But um, I'm I'm super excited to see him and see what they'll be doing and see what they'll be doing with him because I honestly think that the, the two of them can be going to the, the top of that company. Absolutely. As I've said, as I've said before, I I'm a little more um, I'm a little more like lenient towards AEW when it comes to hiring ex-WWE wrestlers mm. because WWE just hires everyone now. Well, yeah. so this is what... So this, 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 I'll just throw this, this in as a side thing. It's what I said to a friend of mine where he kept saying, like, oh, they do sign ex-WWE and I said to him, like, well, would you know, either they're signing ex-WWE or they're signing... or they're going to get flack for people for signing people from the indies and having no big draw stars. Yeah. There's no real win for them. Because mm. it's like you have a roster full of people who you brought up from the indies, and then people are like, oh, who's this guy? Or you have a bunch of people from that came from WWE left for whatever reason. People are like, oh, you're just trying to be WWE light. You mm. know, there's no there's no real winning in the situation. <laughs> um, but going to WWE... WWE uh, seem to have announced that the payback pay-per-view will be taking place one week after SummerSlam. Which is a choice. Um, I don't really get it, because I assume the card will just be the matches from SummerSlam. <laughs> hey, look, maybe this is putting the theory of they only book one week ahead, one week before the actual pay-per-view for the test. <laughs> well, I, I honestly think that might be the case because then they'll just have the SummerSlam results plug that into a into the the card for payback and have that going on uh i don't really get it but they seem to be going ahead with it and seem to think it's the right idea uh now we get to my favorite news story of the week uh vince mcmahon according according to you bruce pritchard uh <laughs> Vince McMahon does not want to run a Halloween Havoc event as he feels it doesn't have international appeal. What? What? As far as as far as I can glean from what uh, Bruce Pritchard has said in his podcast, he doesn't want to run Halloween Havoc because he doesn't 
he feels that Halloween is a very American thing and that people outside it may not understand it and may not feel disincentivized to buy the pay-per-view. Now, I have one question to say for this. This is the company that ran the Great American Bash. Yeah! This is also the same company that has run Night of Champions. This is the same company that has also run Starcade now for the past couple of years. I would also just like to say they also ran the 2011 pay-per-view Capital Punishment. Oh. May I also, yeah. oh God. May I also um, point out that every, every time in their flagship show, WrestleMania, they have they have America they have the national anthem of America play with a fucking military flyby America again fuck yeah this is just this I mean like this just screams Vince (laughs) I I think I think it, it screams Vince because I don't know if Vince knows that other countries exist I think it was only privy to again the, to it's Scotland purely because of Drew now uh, no it was again it, it just it just seems it just seems to be this weird thing and it just seems to be the case and I know obviously a lot of people are saying like oh well Halloween's a lot bigger in the US than it is in other places but like I still think if you're incentivized into watching wrestling you're not gonna not watch a pay-per-view because of the theme of it yep yeah. And again, like, yeah, it might not be as big in other countries and whatever, but but they know that Halloween exists. Like, what are you talking about, Vince? You I don't are, know. You're you're nuts. I mean, I just mean, look at it this way: if people people already, myself included, would love are, are clamoring, loved love Halloween Havoc as a concept. I mean, who? doesn't who is a wrestling fan remember the iconic late 90s halloween havoc set oh no i just want the set i just want the set Mm. (laughs) so that's all anyone in iwc wants they just want the set they don't care if it's halloween havoc you can pull that out for extreme rules and i'll be like yeah cool so vince your your thinking is a bit silly um well that's all i'm saying that's all i'm gonna say because i don't want to be sued for defamation yeah um (laughs) <laughs> or slander or libel uh, you're thinking silly I think if you did it I think it would be probably be one of the highest selling pandemic era pay-per-views if you ask me yeah. look as I've said I've said this to people and they've all agreed to me there's two types of people in the world those who love Christmas and those who love Halloween mm. trust me there will be people who want to watch a Halloween special of wrestling and let us not forget let us not forget even though it overran and it cut off halfway ddp versus goldberg at halloween havoc was one of the at that moment was one of the higher watching um pay-per-view numbers of viewerships of that uh of that pay-per-view and of wcw in fact if i remember correctly Mm. yeah so yeah well staying on staying on the theme of pay-per-views uh, details for the Royal Rumble are now on hold, though we were due to get them at some point in August. Some people were speculating on uh, the first Raw of August. Uh, obviously, that's been held back now. Uh, we presume this is due to uh, questions and worries about the running of live events and whether or not they'll be able to have an audience uh, for it. Uh, obviously, for the Royal Rumble, you want an audience. Yeah. Um, as I said before we started this, the idea of running a Royal Rumble out of the performance center kind of just made me laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
uh, and will probably look hokey as shit. Um, mm. So, interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, they tried to be committed to running uh, SummerSlam out of Boston. That didn't happen. Oh. Um, we have no idea how things are going to be going or working going forward. I mean, this is going into the, the people who are saying, oh, maybe they'll try and run SummerSlam off a fucking cruise ship. Um, See, I bet that idea of Chris Jericho's Rock and Raider didn't sound bad. Uh, didn't sound bad now, did it, Hunter? <laughs> I'm trying to remember who it was. There was some. There was there was one band or a festival that did that did a version of it, like literally just on a cruise ship. Uh, if I remember rightly, it might have been. It could have been Metallica. I can't be. 100% it probably sure. was because I know I know Slipknot would used to do Knotfest at sea. That got cancelled. Mm. But um, I do I do know that I do know that someone someone has done it. Someone has done it. Mm. Um. Uh. Just for the last few moments, Rusev has now said he is pretty much done with wrestling. Uh, he wants to go into full time streaming. Um. So. Honestly, a shame, a loss for the wrestling community. Would have loved to see what he could have kept doing. That's yeah. such a damn loss, and I really hope that I really hope he changes his mind. I mean, from what I uh, from from the the footage I saw, it seemed like it was a very offhanded, very exasperated comment um, that he yeah. made. So my I I really I really I really hope, and I oh God, not only do I wish him well, especially now of, of, as he unfortunately contracted COVID, that I just hope he just does well in general in life i mean yeah yeah i mean it's just it's just a bloody shame because if you've ever watched him on twitch he's funny as hell he's oh, yeah. so funny um yeah so he'll be a good twitch streamer well a live streamer because um well he did something didn't he dad oh wait he did something he shouldn't have done supposedly uh, a thing a thing happened which breached the tos <laughs> which makes no Sounds sense to me, considering impact wrestling did something much worse and they got perma banned off of twitch i believe Lamau. <laughs> Lamau. <laughs> let's let, let us never forget Rob Van Dam and his uh, and his um polyamorous yeah. relationship. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird angle. Well, I'm, now I'm, just I'm sorry. Just... Back up. What? Moving on Moving to the next on. news point. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing that at the end of this. <laughs> uh, the, the final one was uh, WWE has now come out of its Q2 earnings, 223.4 million in revenue, 43.8 million in profit. So uh, it definitely seems like uh, there hasn't been as significant an impact as uh, expected due to the whole current uh, ongoing crisis. Uh, they put it down largely to reduce travel costs and lack of venue hire and things like and lack of transporting people. Mm. But uh, the big ones, the big things to wait out for are the Q3 reports, which will then show the impact oh, on yeah. the revenue and profit uh, from the people who've been released. Uh, and then also, just kind of in context, that apparently people have been saying not to invest in WWE stock. That's true. Mm. I, I did. Re- I remember hearing about that mm, a, a, a couple of bit before actually. There was some rumblings. So. Just a, a situation to monitor, really. And with that, we have the end of the news. Nice, 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 concise, and uh, 
leaves Reardon questioning my uh, certain um, uh, certain storylines of Rob Van Dam. Um, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> eventually, unfortunately. But before we head on to the main portion, I'm going to go and take a, a sharp left into Sam's recommendation corner. And yes, it is our old friend again, Joseph Monticilio. Yes. Yes, I finally, I think I finally got his name right. Again, Joseph, if you are listening, <laughs> just, I'm so sorry. Just, <laughs> Sam, just send him a love letter. I just will. Do it. Look, the only reason I bring him up In again, that love letter, can you ask him how he pronounces his name? Exactly. The <laughs> only reason I bring him up is because he's actually one of the very few YouTubers or wrestling YouTubers that's doing really, really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I said it. There you go. Take that, IWC. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. You're, just, you're just throwing Wrestle With Regret under the bus. Look, everyone loves Brian, and it goes unsaid that everyone loves Brian. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, talking of Eddie Kingston and AEW, if you really don't know much about Eddie, uh, Joseph's made a great video called the, the Five Match Primer, all about Eddie Kingston. And the five matches you can go... And watch right now because they're all readily available on YouTube. Uh, so highly recommended if you really want to know more about why we love Eddie Kingston. That's the video for you. And with that, it is time to get on to the main portion of the podcast. We love Jim Johnston. Well, goodbye, Hell everybody. Yeah, that's, we the, uh, that's the rest of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Crubs, what what is there to say or start with with it's such so... a long, long career that spans three decades and has so many iconic songs and moments attributed to this I, one man? The only the only thing I can do is start off with a couple of points and then we run from there. Absolutely. Okay, so. As you guys know, I am the presentation guy when it comes to <laughs> wrestling. I would never have known. Artistic direction. Yeah, the artistic direction. <laughs> Stop, but it's true. So, as and but not only am I that, and as well as um Dan, we'll get. I'll get you your piece. Don't worry. Oh yeah, don't worry. I uh, I come from a musical family. We all love music. So. Entrance music has always been extremely goddamn important to me. Like, extremely. Like, I listen to your entrance theme, and if I don't like it, I don't like you. <laughs> well, yeah, we. How good you are. We, we, as in me and Reardon, have both been saying the point of we are firm believers that a, a theme really can make or break someone. It's actually kind of insane. But mm. it's not that insane because when you think about it, a entrance music is the first thing you get from a wrestler. Yep. It's literally the first thing you get is their music. And that music has to tell you basically, it's basically like a musical. That music has to tell you everything you need to know about that character. Mm. It's so damn important. And if it's bland, or doesn't do it, no one's gonna like you. It's actually rather mad. You know, it's uh, it's it's kind of that thing of uh, you know, does this does this fit really? You know, th this is this is kind of for a lot of fans. You know, that's the thing they're going to be hearing 
So you have to think like, okay, well, what you know, what what is this serving? Yeah, and also, and I, I'm gonna make a note. We're gonna be talking a lot about Dunstan, but I want to make something clear. I'm not actually gonna be that guy who says that like all like all the best character entrance themes are are in the past. I'm not gonna be that guy. There are some really good entrance theme music today and I'm oh yeah ra- i'm just gonna rattle off a couple off the top of my head that just really stick out to me uh, one is strangely mandy rose's theme mm-hmm. i really like it don't worry i've got an even more left field one yeah i've got a super left field one when we get to it yeah. it's blue so pants like, isn't it it so, isn't <laughs> so i'm just gonna say like mandy rose's theme love it alexa bliss's theme love it Ricochets is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I just so so basically this is the don't at us. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Well, like... I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go over various bits as well to clarify a bit of the the context, and I'm sure Sam has some of that as well. Yeah, I mean no, I mean for, as I, I mean just for co- uh, context and just as a disclaimer, this is a podcast where in no way we are not knocking CFO's contribution to WWE music for the modern day. That's not at all. We just, I think this is just, I feel like a lot of people, us three and a lot of people in the wrestling community just know how much of an impact Jim Johnson's made. And we just kind of want to push that to a casual audience of just how important that man has been uh, to the the WWE. Well, just for me to, I'll start taking my side now. (laughs) Uh, The reason we want to talk about Jim Johnson and really bring him to the fore is that so many of the iconic sounds that we grew up with, so many of the iconic sounds that are synonymous with wrestlers today Mm. um, and of that kind of the Attitude Era and before and afterwards as well came from him. Yep. You know, he was the person that kind of gave that additional layer and character to some of those people. Uh, are you okay for me just to rattle off some names? No, go, go ahead. Right ahead. Okay, so what I want to do, right, is I'm just going to rattle off some names and tell you some people that he's worked with, and just to give you an idea on some of the iconic stuff that he has done. Mm. So, we have Stone Cold. We have The Rock. We have Eddie Guerrero. We have The Undertaker. We have DX, Shawn Michaels, Mr. McMahon himself, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Christian, JBL, Batista, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder, Mick Foley. All people that have had entrance teams done by Jim Johnston. And, and and one thing that I want to note is like of all of of all of those, most of them have kept that theme. Yeah. Oh, sorry as well. I missed off uh, Booker T. Yeah. Which was, like, a matter of all... fact, a remix. If you remember, a remix of mm-hmm. his WCW theme. So, if, if proof of anything, Jim Johnson can take something that was already great and make it better. So. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. No. Uh, it's just it's crazy to look at that list of people and there are more 
oh, crime, people yeah. beyond that so, um, who mean, had things done. Shall we, um, uh, in that case then, would you like a quick overview of Jim Johnston's uh, career, start his meagre beginnings? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. If I you're don't very know interested. Actually, no, I don't know his background at all. I really want to know. So, he, Jim Johnston, was hired by Vince McMahon in the old, 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 old age of 1985. No. Uh, <laughs> so, a very, very long time ago, in the peak of the 80s. Now, he was originally there to compose bumpers and uh, and theme songs. Just uh, theme songs for live shows, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, yep. And the music that it was supposed to be playing, as I said, with bumpers that come from commercial breaks, stuff for like Tuesday Night Titans at the time. So he's, he was a very small, meager beginning, and his studio was actually based inside of a church basement where all he had was a tape deck, a synthesizer, and two guitars. And he started off with that, and as a matter of fact, I believe one of his first songs that he actually made was for the wrestling album. Which with uh, which would have been yes. shortly after WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania, with help from Cindy Lauper, uh, as a matter of fact. You know oh, what? Wow. I have to do this. I have to do a, a wrestling Pokedex on Cindy Lauper of all people. Go right ahead. Oh wow! I do. When you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pokedex. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper is the reason the era of Hulk Hogan is called rock and wrestling. Yep. I know, listener. It's one of the strangest but most fascinating stories in that basically Cindy Lauper was a manager for the WWE, then WWF, during the 80s. Yep. Yep. Because she really really loved wrestling mm. like it's <laughs> insane <laughs> and as a sidebar she should be in the in the hall of fame in the celebrity wing yeah why isn't she <laughs> that is such an oversight oh yeah like if you have donald trump in there why haven't you got Cindy Lauper in there? Who actually, I think, deserves it. You're literally making Trump. me question it now because I'm like, you know what? That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's like when you. I looked it up a, a while back. I looked it up. Oh yeah, she must be in the Hall of Fame, right? No. What? What? <laughs> like, I will not stand for Cindy Lauper erasure. <laughs> no, it's actually like you joke, but it's actually really important. She's a really important figure in wrestling history. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I wager this much. Were it not for her, for her influence being such a massive pop star at the time, and her getting in contact with MTV to show a WWE, like to show WWF events in the lead up to WrestleMania, I don't think the WWE would have been as successful as it is today. You know, no, it would not no, be on the level of success it has today. No, it it wouldn't be. You could honestly say that Cindy Lauper made the WWE. I feel like uh, I don't care. That's my headcanon now. No, it is. <laughs> That's like, my headcanon like, now. For, yeah, for those who don't know, like Cindy Lauper or anything like of how big she was, it would be of the equivalent of Taylor Swift being mm, yeah. in the WWE now. Absolutely, absolutely. So with 
the yeah. wrestling album. It produced such greats as Tootie Fruity by Mean Gene Oakland. Don't Go Messing With a Country yeah. Boy by Hillbilly Jib. Oh, there was one, yeah. one very specific, or two very specific songs. It was the original Hulk Hogan theme, which would have ended up being the theme song for the uh, cartoon. Uh, the Hulk Hogan cartoon, if you remember. Oh, please um, don't remind me about that. <laughs> and of course... No, I didn't actually know that existed. I'm not surprised, and I don't want to know. There's an abridged... There is, there is. if you want to go watch, there is actually... Someone's actually made an abridged version of that cartoon. Oh, it's freaking amazing. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Rick Derringer's Real American, which actually didn't belong to Hulk Hogan. If I remember rightly, it belonged to a tag team that consisted of Mike Rotunda... And Barry Windham. Oh, wow. It was uh, only after they left for the NWA that it was adopted by Hulk Hogan. Interesting little factoid there. Yeah, that's that interesting. Is, that is interesting. Wow. So, of course, you know, he's, I mean, he starts off pretty, pretty well. Um, and then he's making um, theme songs like Girls and Cars. Which, of course, everyone knows is an amazing theme song. I don't care what anyone says. Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> um, yes. We talk about um, all of these great things, which leads us into his next release, which was the Wrestling Album 2, also known as Pile Driver. And this, of course, gave us those songs, but as well, the Vince McMahon classic, Stand Back. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> don't you remember Stand Back? Stand back. No, I'm yeah, not going to say I do it. remember stand back, not that I want to remember it. Oh, <laughs> uh, But uh, no, Jim Johnson at that time was now uh, kind of really being the main composer. And now not only just doing bumpers and live show themes, he was doing themes for every single wrestler. He was doing themes for tags. He was doing themes for pay-per-views. At this type of the hype and the peak of Hulkamania, he did the actual uh, first, his first film score for the classic No Holds Barred starring Hulk Hogan and Tiny Zeus Lister Jr. <laughs> of course, his second best acting role, first only being Debo from Friday. Actually, real quick, if he's around in that time, I have to ask this question. Did he do Jake the Snake's theme? Do we know? He, he did indeed do Jake the Snake's theme. Yes. Um, which, the... if you ask me, is his best work of that time. I felt like oh the Jake the Snake God. theme was his best one in the 80s. Yeah, we can talk about Real American, but no, Jake the Snake's theme was king in that time. Uh, uh, you know what? Jake the Snake's themes is so good that I legitimately think both of his themes are top tier. Like, yes. like Snake Bite and Trust Me it's just they're both yes equally oh man i'm gonna oh. say this right now yes i know we haven't talked about unstable by the ult from the for the ultimate warrior and i will still say that jake the snake's theme both no, trust me and snake bit are better you know, no i'd honestly i'd agree with that i'd honestly agree with that <laughs> yeah, like 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 quote me quote me they're both better <laughs> so this leads us funnily enough into the 90s and of course it was a bit of a downtime for the wwf but i feel like jim johnston really cranked it up to 11 
And now that he has Dude, this own... guy was putting out bangers oh, every it... single time. I mean, think about it, right? At this time, he came up with Shawn Michaels' theme song, Sexy Boy, which, again, fun factoid. If you haven't heard the original demo version in which Vince McMahon sings, sings it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's the weirdest, weirdest <laughs> rendition of Sexy Boy. And also, Vince is really getting into that far too much. <laughs> we also have Bret Hart's theme song, which yeah, one uh, of my personal favorites of Jim's. I just like oh, oh I love that theme so much. Uh, and then you, we go into the. Know, new... I have to I have to make this one thing really good. The one great thing that Jim Johnson I would say almost invented is the um the opening the opening sting with entrance theme music. Okay, yes. so I was going to mention this later. Oh, okay. So I was going to mention this later, but it, I'll, I'll, I'll just go. Ahead. I'll just thread it in now. It was a very particular thing that I I realized when listening to the themes that he made, which is that all of them have like an opening sound bite. Yes. And that opening sound bite t- can pretty much just tell you exactly who it is without knowing who's there. Yeah. Mm. You hear it, and you know the you know the person's coming in. You have it with, you know, Stone Cold with the glass shattering. That's it. The Rock with starting off the if you smell what the Rock is cooking. The Undertaker has the bell. Um, you know, DX has the Are you ready? Viva La Raza on Eddie Guerrero's, and I think it's such an interesting thing because so I'm going to be talking in the musician's perspective. <laughs> Uh, he always compared it to writing a film score. And you have to ask yourself, what is this serving? And having that little sound bite at the start as like an identifier is such a crucial thing to have mm. if you're yeah. doing it for a character. Abs- yeah, you know? absolutely. It's so... I mean, it, it's such a small thing. But we're at the point now where... If we're watching a show and we hear glass shattering, we're like stone cold. Yeah, it just gets rooted into your brain. Some people call it an earworm. Mm. That is just something that you hear and you're like, okay, we're here, we're ready. And you know, even once like Shawn Michaels with the way the drums go, or like you know, Kurt Angle with how it opens, every single bit comes in to bring you in and gets you familiar, and it's like. I know exactly who that is at this exact moment in time, mm. and it's so good. Yeah. And, so and and point of order makes makes Royal Rumbles even that much better. Oh, oh. absolutely! Every, every time, every, and they know because they they like you notice that whenever they whenever the buzzer goes, they don't immediately go. They always leave like a quick like three, sometimes five second pause. Mm. Yeah. So you can do it, and every time, every like you could, I, I, I'll give Jim Johnson made the Royal Rumble what it is. I'll give him that too because just that small little detail exactly always works. Exactly, exactly. He's what he's in. In fact, he's why um whenever you have like a wrestler who's returning or like hyping out, like they now. Because I, I remember, like, I if, quote me if I'm wrong here, but normally they didn't, like, pause too much when wrestlers came in for, like, WrestleMania and stuff. Mm. Uh, it's it's definitely a much more recent thing. 
Um, I think the, I mean, I, if I had to guess, the peak of it would probably would have been around like the later Attitude Era with like mm. Stone Cold and The Rock because it was always like a almost like a minute pause before them. Yeah. Mm. Um. Uh. There were like a, maybe a few people. For some reason, I always, I always very vividly remember that Triple H's music would always hit like almost instantaneously. But that was probably just because of how long it took him to get to the ring. <laughs> True that. True that. Um, and just like a few things like that. Um, but as we said, it was kind of just a thing that ran through Jim John's stuff, and now you hear it even with you know John Cena's theme had exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's those small it's those small details. Which, if if you're a person who is tuned into music and how you want to write stuff or characterize stuff, is like so important. Mm. Yeah. No, indeed, indeed. And I've, it's just a true testament to just how 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 much he knew about the product he was catering to. To be able to yep. go, all right, I know what 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 this wrestler is, what he needs, and kind of the impact that they need to make straight off. Go, boom. Um, mm. It's a weird time. I wanted to mention as we're going through the timeline and we're going into the nineties, the very weird uh, next album that uh, WWE had, uh, WWF, I should say, had released at that time, which was WrestleMania the album. Now, the only reason I say this was weird is because Jim Johnson had very limited involvement in it because. This was made by the famed songwriting team Stock, Aitken, and Waterman. And guess who has a producing credit on this album? You will not believe who does. Is it Vince? No, it is Simon Cowell. Fuck off! No, yep, he he actually like. They okay, actually... because I because I know he worked with Stock, Aitken, and Waterman. Mm. But I never would have envisioned that Stock, Aitken, and Waterman would have had involvement on a WWE album. <laughs> no, it's really weird. And this album was uh, gave birth to that very famous WrestleMania theme song. You know, the whoa, whoa, WrestleMania, oh. which is now Linda McMahon's theme. But, you know, I can't sing anymore because we'd be taken down for copyright. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, it's a really, really weird album because it's like it's peak stock Aiken and Waterman. Yeah. And it's like you know how bad and how out of touch this album is when it didn't even chart on the Billboard two hundred, but it reached number <laughs> ten in the UK. Um <laughs> <laughs> But you know, this also worked, but this also gave birth to Roddy Piper's pop career in the UK as well, because they wrote a song yes. for Roddy Piper, if you remember. As well. <laughs> they did. I do I do have memories of that. I remember my brother's telling me about it. Uh, but so yeah, I feel this is this is a perfect lesson as to leaving Jim Johnston to do the music for you. Alright, yeah, come on, just right. let him let him do his damn job for the love of God. Look, I'll, I'll Look, say right, this. There's there's crossover and then there's going too far. <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. Look, I'll say I'll I'll say this much. Stock Aiken Waterman gave birth to Rick Astley and never gonna give you up. So, you know, they're great and no, they're no. at doing at, at songwriting, but just leave wrestling alone because it was just so weird. <laughs> just so so weird so this at the time as well jim johnston was i still think 
even though like WWF was losing a lot of popularity, we we're reaching the new generation era. I still think some of his music at that time was really, really good. I mean, we had <laughs> Yokozuna's theme was amazing. If you ask me, I loved that. It, it was it it, it it made its intentions clear that this was a Japanese man coming in to invade in the WWF, despite the fact that Rodney Anawaii is Samoan. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> You're <laughs> saying that like they care. <laughs> Indeed, Razor Ramon's theme. Come on, that is oh, one of my oh, favorite themes yeah. in the New Generation era. Oh yeah, Diesel. All right, come on. I know it was just at the time it was nothing but like truck noises when he first started, but <laughs> when it went to Diesel Blues, cool, brill. We'll do that, of course. And a nice little um, bleeding into the next era. But I honestly think the Nation of Domination's theme song was fantastic. And I still mm. listen to that song to this day as how good, how much I love the Nation of Domination's uh, theme song. But I'm glad I brought that up because it leads us in to the Attitude Era. And if you ask me, just like, this was the golden age of Jim Johnston. He oh. was just on, he, had a, he has a run in this era that is frankly unmatched in, it, it's like, it's like you have to, oh man! I you have to go to you have to go outside of wrestling to find something that could match him. Just hit after hit, brilliant idea after brilliant idea. I mean, where do we start with this? I mean, I want to talk about if we're going to do like the very very start. The the one thing that will bleed in to the new generation to attitude is Goldust's theme. Well, yeah, that yeah, that that thing is blend like, over. I can't mm. think of a more kind of like iconic theme song that just is so. I think it's epics the word. I'm gonna say epics the word. And Goldust's theme is freaking amazing. Well, I that. think I think the thing about it though is that again, in a weird way, you hear it and you're like, yeah, I can imagine a character called Goldust would have that. Yeah, that's that's like because when you think of Goldust. Gold dust is fucking weird. Yeah. How do you how do you write something for gold dust <laughs> in the nineties? How do you do that? You know, like it it's it's just again, he says that you know, like a film score, you're thinking about the character. Mm. You know, he said that he would get like calls from um senior people and like this person's leaving a tag team or this person's gonna be going for the championship they're turning heel mm. you know what can you what can you make for this and so like the fact that he would actually like meet with the wrestlers and get their ideas on it as well. Yeah. So yeah. important to the to the process. Yeah, indeed. Like I said like Gold Dust is a confusing character to start with. Mm. So like how do you do anything with it? Well, you can kind of tell that he kind of leans into the name. He leans into the kind of character. It's very extravagant. It's... Yeah, he le- he leans into the pageantry <laughs> of the character, and it just works every time. Um, I want to um ah uh, the, the and the hard thing about Jim Jim um Johnson talking about his work is that you really just want to. I could just gush about his hits, mm. like like his like. Like the like, yeah. You could argue that um his Jake the Snake is his best, but like Stone Cold Steve Austin is just perfect. Yeah, it's just, yeah. 
it's actually perfect. I'll I'll say this: his early incarnations of it, from Glass Shatters with the very kind of distorted guitar and the police siren in the background, was perfect for that ice cold yeah. killer um, gimmick that Austin was going for, uh, without question. Then the "I won't do what you tell me" variation of the Attitude Era is so iconic, like. Mm. Mm. Come on, even, like you take the distortion of the guitars up and you take the rage against the machine influence of that song and turn it up yeah. to 11 is like and there's a reason why he still has that theme yeah i remember when um i remember like whenever i played um the old um the old um playstation one um wwf warzone game mm. I remember, like, with all of the, like, the entrance themes, even entrance themes that I liked, mind you, mm. I would, like, I would listen to a bit and then I'd skip them. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I watched the whole damn thing. Yeah. Oh, Every yeah. single bit of it. It's just the most pounding, pulsing, kick-ass... You know, it just it just does everything you want it to do. You hear it, you get excited, you're hyped, you're ready, and you're like, "Yes, mm. I want to see this man come in and absolutely clean house." Oh yeah. man, can no, I? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. an... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say just with all of this, I do have a, a list here, and it's funny enough, I do have the back of my WWE anthology CD that I that I got for Christmas in 2002 that I still have. But just looking at the back of this here. And just, I, I want to list off some of the themes here of just, of this time that he was doing. So, of course, we have Break It Down by D -Gen with D for Degeneration X. Of course, yep. what an amazing theme song. And we will what talk more theme. about Jim Johnston and Chris Warren, who was lead singer of the Chris Warren band, who penned a yep. few more songs after that. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. So oh, we also yeah. have... Uh, who I Am with Ch for China, The Eighth Wonder of the World. That was an amazing yep. theme song for China. Uh, the Real Deal for D'Lo Brown. I don't care what anyone says. That mm -hmm. was actually a really good song for D'Lo Brown. <laughs> um, you Think You Know Me. Come on. Yep. What can you say? What can you fucking say? Alright. No, but you know what? I will say, I'm going to speak on one that I, when talking about, and it just popped into my head that I thought was honestly one of his best mm. it's it's got to be no chance in hell in no i was yeah. just about to get to that as the next one well i, I was gonna i was gonna say as an aside so i'm thinking about the same time and <clears throat> i would have to look through my quite vast cd collection to see if i still have it mm. uh they did an album that was wwf forcible entry and yes there was yes it was the metal and album. Yeah, and on that, I remember it had, um, uh, it was the Dudley Boys. Saliva. Oh. Was it the Saliva version by any chance? Yes. <laughs> and can I just say, that theme goes so hard. It's, I mean, it's Saliva. I, what do you expect? They go hard. I, <laughs> I, I, I have been, I think I've been on record in on this podcast, but if not, I despised the um the returning Dudley Boys theme in WWE, yeah. I despised it. Whenever I hear it, it is just that sludgy, absolute. You can hear, you can see them flying people into tables with their original theme. Yes, it's just. Oh man, how to describe it? Yeah, 
It was, it was this was just the thing that came ahead, and I was like, I remember this very, very vividly. It was like the only, it was like the only track I actually vividly remember. Um, <laughs> it, it, is, it is a thing actually worth to say hmm. that um, one of the things that Jim Johnson actually kind of, not sorry, complained about, but said he wanted to do more was having people from outside perform them mm. and and record them because it wasn't really as much of a thing. Uh, I mean, that's mostly been put down to uh, WWE and management and not wanting, you know, yeah, other I, people I, I, coming I, I, in I and messing up. As yeah. well. am, in their words, yeah. messing up licensing. Yeah. yeah, I imagine royalties would be extremely... Contract law would be an absolute headache with that. <laughs> but, um, no, it was, it, was a, it was a thing that um, Jim Johnson has spoken about and that there were a few bands like... Um, uh, Shine Down, if anyone here knows them, I I vaguely remember that uh, <laughs> that did that did a few of them, uh, and then the the kind of the 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 wrestling rock band, if you will, uh, Downstate, yeah, who've done such themes as Dolph Ziggler, ah. um, and another one who I will mention later, <laughs> um, and they currently. Uh, have done Cody's uh, indie theme, uh, yes, Kingdom, which is a really good theme, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> if you ask me, yeah, but, um, yeah, right? Um, if you want to go through the list, no chance in hell, of course. We're going back to the list. Um, sexual chocolate for Mark Henry. I don't care. Hell yeah, that's an amazing <laughs> song. <laughs> uh, we have the ultimate Ken Shamrock's theme song, which I think was perfect yep. for him. That's an amazing uh, theme song for him. Hello, ladies. For Val Venus, I, I will. Um, Why do thing... I have to be rem- constantly reminded of Val Venus's existence? <laughs> yeah. um, I will give it to him, despite him certain comments. But um, was, yeah. oh, you, oh, you didn't know, Road Dog. Yeah, Ho trained the uh, Godfather. Uh, Ho trained the Godfather. Oh yeah, it was perfect for the Godfather. That's the thing. It was absolutely perfect oh, yeah. for his character. Break the walls down uh, for Chris Jericho. Oh, um, I love that theme uh, and all its iterations uh, so uh, much. Yeah, no, oh. yeah every, like every iteration of that is just absolutely beautiful. I, just, IMO, just the... I think it was around 2007. Oh yeah, no, that the version. Yeah, the, the, that's the one with the um, the Save Us Y2J. Yes. Yeah, oh. it's a, yeah, that one is so good. And that you know, one is and, just. You know, you know, oh. how, how, you know how we know that's a great theme? Because even though I prefer it with the countdown, even when it's literally just goes straight into Break the Walls Down, it works. Yeah. That's impressive. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, man. Yeah. Why have I not mentioned the original theme for Kane? Because um, we'll get on to his other version later, but the original theme yeah. of Kane was amazing. Yeah. And oh, the ministry theme for The Undertaker. Oh, yeah! Right, but God. but with that, there are actually three I want... Well, four I want to mention now, as before we close mm-hmm. out the Attitude Era. Um, he's a real man's man for Stephen Regal. I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> even though Regal hated Hell it. Oh yeah! It's still <laughs> one of those songs that you can't, that you have to admit is is even though it's not great for a wrestler, it's still fucking amazing. It, I, man, I, you know what? I, I'm with you. I'll fight for that one. I don't care. I'll fight for that one. Uh, so I will. So I will. I will just say this quickly, Sam, because of 
brief thing I was going to do was mention some of the ones that we got in some lovely replies to uh, one of the tweets we did. Mm. And that there is someone else out there that does agree with you. Regal, real man's man. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Could please so continue. Good. Oh, and please continue to tweet at us. At, um, sweet tune. Absolutely. Please do. Please do. We love. We we, we 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 want all the love, all of the time. <laughs> um, the third one. I want to talk a little bit about the 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 malformation of the nation theme that slowly morphed into, if you smell. For the Rock, it's a weird mm-hmm. one because when Rock took over from Farouk as the leader of the Nation of Domination, it changed the original uh, Nation theme into a very much more funky wah guitar version. Uh, and I love this version of the Nation theme because they had variations. One for the Rock, where we had the the Know Your Role and Shut Your Mouth playing on it. They had one for mm. Owen Hart, which was with the Enough Is Enough. I I tried to be a nice guy. Uh, and a variation for the entire group with just the, the, the most funkiest guitar riff I've ever heard Jim Johnson play. It's an amazing I remember, theme song. I, yeah. I do love um, the Rock's theme song. I do love that um, Jim Johnson's explanation on on whenever it's been changed in that Jim Johnson has basically said that whenever Rock was coming back or he changed it, all he did was just make the theme even bigger and yeah. more grandiose, adds more horns, more everything. And which it works every time. Yeah. It does. And it and you can it's but it's, it's with that being said mm-hmm. but with that being said, I will say that the quiet intensity of the very, very first rock theme. Mm. It's actually quite sinister, it, especially considering we're so used to it being so loud and like triumphant. Just yeah. hearing the slow "I'm going to break everyone and this is my world now." Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting to listen to. If you go through, and there was a, an amazing YouTube video as well that goes through the the nation themes that morph slowly into the rocks theme. It's such an interesting thing of Jim Johnson taking that initial idea of the drumbeat of the nation of domination, having the the funky riff that he put in the nation, and then having it morph into a new riff with the Rock's quotes, and then suddenly now mm. it's become its own thing. Where it's re- when you think about it, Rock's only have had really two initial themes: the one when he was Rocky Maivere, and then the Nation of Domination, which then morphed that. into yeah, the Rock. That's true. <laughs> so. The second one uh, I want to mention, of course, is the Patriot, which used to be actually be the Patriots theme, but then became yeah. Kurt Angle's theme. Hell yeah! yeah. You um, suck. What? <laughs> you suck. A no, theme song. The, the interesting thing about it, I, I in my um, more and in my more contrarian. Um, moods i like to say that the um the patriot or um, kurt angles theme is real american done right <laughs> yes yes and that's the- actually not far off because it's so cheesy it's so goddamn cheesy which is why it works so well yeah no because exactly. it because it, it, it is like if you if you love him it's cheesy in that it hits that right good baby face balance. Mm. Mm. But exactly. if he's, but if he's a heel, it's the most. It's a great. It's a great tune. But but just because of the synth that is the synth that's used, it's so grating. Yeah, 
Yeah, I will say this. Oh, even yeah, though, Even though he used his TNA theme longer in his career, and by by all regards, I think his TNA theme is freaking awesome. Mm. There is still... you When you think of Kurt Angle, you can't help but think of his WWE theme song. It's just oh, it's so just, ingrained it's just in him point. and his career that it's just... It's just... So... I want to talk about, if we're going to end off or cap off the Attitude Era, there is one theme song that I will always talk about, and that is the Brood theme song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. What? Uh, if you just, again, uh, there is a reason why everyone still brings this up, and why everyone still loves this theme song, of just how how incredible the production was and how much it conveyed the message of oh yeah these these three are vampires that are coming out from the gates of hell look they're actually rising in a ring of fire from the stage and yeah. the 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 effects that he put on the guitar with that that really got growl that that visceral growl that he put in the guitar uh, riff as well and the backwards um the reversed voice clips as well it's just it exudes um. creepiness it's it sounds like he it sounds like he he stole the body of Trent Reznor for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Astrally projected. Yeah. No, honestly, like if 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 you could have ever cl- like reached peak Nine Inch Nails with one song, I think Gangrel or the Brood's theme is that, isn't it? No, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, are we going to talk about um? our theories on triple h later oh or... this is why i was going to bring this is what i was uh, leading up to actually okay uh because i'm glad and i'm glad you brought that up Reardon. and so triple h's theme. we will not talk about his corporation theme because that is no, no we don't talk about his corporation theme it's really weird um but we will talk about the evolution of triple h's higher brain pattern my time because man what do you say about this so we had the Chris Warren band doing Degeneration X. It's an amazing theme song. No one can ever doubt how amazing that is. But their next, his next thing would be Triple H's theme, My Time. Or oh, Higher Brain Pattern, which would be the instrumental version. So, I know we've got a lot to talk about this. So, I'm going to hand it over to Reardon and his thoughts on why this theme, and I agree with him, is Triple H's best theme. Okay, I know, I know, I know, like, there are listeners there who will want our heads for saying that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hear us out. Please hear us out. Please do. Okay, so we're not saying that The Game and King of Kings are bad themes. They're done by motorheads. We're not stupids. They're fucking great. (laughs) And, like, and we like, like, as motorhead songs... Like, damn, oh man. We wish that Lemmy didn't, like, not really care about them and played them more. Because he didn't care about those themes. He really didn't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As Triple H themes, My Time Slash Higher Brain Pattern is better. And it's better in one major respect for me. His theme sounds like it's an actual game. Mm. When you hear like the game, Motorhead's the game, it sounds like like, you know, it's a big blaring 
grandiose theme, which is great for when he's doing his barbarian stuff. <laughs> it's great, but if he wants to make it sound like this is all a game to him, mm. that he is smarter, he is the cerebral assassin, he is smarter, better, and knows how to play the game, hearing one, two, is this on with the weird synth that sounds like, it sounds like an old, it sounds like a, a, a game opening on a PlayStation. Mm. <laughs> and then you get to the the most pulsing fucking synth I've ever heard. My God, I love it so much. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I love it so much. It just, it screams, it just screams a personality more than most. And then you have Chris Warren. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love that thing so much. It's so good. Basically. I, I, that's why I, <laughs> I think it's the best one. It's so good. Basically, the it's noises over... you made are just how I feel about it as well, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like on a compositional level, every single piece of it is right, every bit of it is fought out. Even that, yo, hit, yo, let me hit with that Triple H. Just the best, man. It's just the best. It's when when I think of Triple H, I think I don't think time to play the game. Although I do, I think game start. Yeah, he's playing the game from the moment he enters the ring. Oh. Mm -hmm. I think that's the per. I think honestly, that is probably the perfect description as to as to our reasoning behind. Why my time is the best Triple H theme song. I don't think I could. I don't think anyone could put it. Or could have put it better. Yeah, and 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 if you want the if you want the um spraying the water, you can get the spraying of the water, especially with the pulsing synth as well. Exactly. Nah, yeah. Exactly. Can you imagine just a boom, bound, bound, will Yeah, man. That's the <laughs> sickest shit. It's the sickest shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's better. <laughs> Oh no, a, a great way to cap off the Attitude Era, if you ask me. Uh, um, and so we get into the era of of Jim, uh, WWE as well, being able to, I guess, having more of an emphasis on having artists, licensed artists, and licensing, oh, sorry, licensing music out so they can be used as entrance themes. I think the great, the first and probably best example of this is American Badass Undertaker with uh, with American Badass by Kid Rock and then eventually Rolling by Limp Biscuit. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest, right? I don't think most people in this country would have been Limp Biscuit fans at that time were it not for the Undertaker coming out to Rolling. I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd actually uh, I would agree probably with agree with that sentiment. Um, all right, I'll be honest. I did have chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water when that came look, out. Look, I mean, look, come look, on, we I'm all we look. all have that one. We all have that one purchase. All that right, we go, hmm, let look, me let me let me just take the floor for a second. <laughs> go ahead. I know in in the context of this group, I am probably the one who is most versed and most enjoys metal music. Probably, <laughs> I'd agree with that. I'm just gonna say this. E even though they are dumb as hell, they have such a very specific place, like, in my mind. 
Yeah. Because of like what they were. <laughs> yeah. And, they... and it is so weird that they in a way they've kind of influenced a lot of modern stuff. <laughs> I can't like okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Anyone who's anyone at that time who was listening to that kind of music and said that they never liked Limp Biscuit is a fucking liar. It's oh, a liar through your teeth. A liar. I, I I fully acknowledge how bad it is, but it doesn't change the fact that if I hear rolling, I'm like, yes. All I'll say nothing... is this: I feel like yeah. uh, my way probably shifted a lot of ch- uh, chocolate starfish copies to a lot of people around probably. the world. I mean, rolling was rolling was great. My way and the way they edited, of course, the yeah. very famous Austin Rock promo. I think the elevated that promo album. Ever. The greatest promo ever made. Yeah. The greatest promo ever made. Without question. As well as, I'm glad I brought this up as well, because of course you brought up Forcible Entry, Dan. But if you remember, yep. they also released a rap album called Aggression. Yes. Which also saw the release of the very famous Run DMC version of the DX theme song, which is unironically yep. good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it shouldn't I, work, I, but in a way it does. I mean, I I haven't listened to it fully, but the tracks that I have listened to off of that album makes me think that 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 album might be an actual gem. <laughs> it is a gem, and I'll say this: a gem because I was talking to Reardon pretty uh, quite funny before the recording of saying that Method Man's song for the Rock actually slaps because it's like that is for me like peak method man at that time and he is going to Yo, town on that you, song could you imagine if the wu-tang clan did a theme for the rock i want to and funny enough fun fact here as well the rock really wanted to use that theme song and he did actually use it on a smackdown taping he saw it uh, he saw it as a really cool theme song wanted to use it because the atmosphere was there I think the punch, the aggression that he was looking for was there, it's just that he said the intro went on a bit too long mm. he wanted something that had a punch to it straight away just like If You Smell, just like the glass shattering just like the opening guitar riff yeah. to the game uh, yeah. and that song just sure didn't you do could... it I'm sure you could cut that 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 um intro down a tad surely i reckon you could have i think jim would have done his magic (laughs) i I think that would have been easily done and just had the the lengthier version on the album i think that could have been sorted of course yeah i think the greatest example of that cutting down an intro and of course i think the greatest licensed song that wwe has ever had is metalingus by alter bridge it is like you don't know the amount of people that uh, I know who are fans of Alter Bridge, and I say to them, "Oh, how did you get into listening to them?" And they say, "Edge." Yeah, we we love. All right, we talked about how much we love. You, you think you know me? His original theme is great, but yeah. there is. I mean, even he had a, he had a Rob Zombie song for, at one time as a theme song, if you remember that. But yeah. Metalingus, I think, is without question peak Edge. And I don't think Edge would have ever, ever been as popular as he was, or hated as he was, I if he didn't come don't out. Don't know. No, hated, I don't hated. know that I can think of a reason why he would ever want to get rid of it. No, yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. There's no, there's no reason they got it. It's done. And with that, um, it's still 
like I've said it before and I'll say it again, like there's still like to this day, whenever a ladder or money in the bank match goes on, you just dread. You just fucking <laughs> dread it. Hearing you think you know me. That like yeah. everything's gonna go down. <laughs> like can I just like both of like hit both of his rumble return pops are just like beyond anything that yeah. anyone else thinks that they can create. Yeah. Because they I, hear that first bit and everyone in the arena is just like going crazy. And the funny thing about it that makes it I think the strangest thing that I think the thing that makes it is a really simple thing. It's quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the quietest um sting beginning sting of all of any that I could think of. Even um the Undertaker ones has a massive a massive gong. Mm. I think yeah, and like, then it just it's that quietness and you just hear that lead guitar by Mark Tremonti and then Miles just, Kennedy just comes straight in with that with on this day. Yeah. Oh, there's a reason yeah. why I still love Alter Bridge, man. And it's yeah, and it is this song. And it and honestly, right, like quick aside, if no one has ever heard the back catalogue for Miles Kennedy, he is without question one of the greatest singers in rock music. He Dude, I went and is. saw the uh Miles Kennedy and Slash. Oh, oh nice. Nice. Dude, that was great. Yeah. I mean like the I mean like I'm saying, like the amount of people I know who listen to them and they say to them, like, you know, how did you get introduced to this? And they just say, "Oh yeah, I was a big, I was a big wrestling fan. Got, got introduced <laughs> to it. It's exactly yeah. the same reason as a person who. Do I have permission to just skip forward in the timeline? Absolutely. I will openly and fully admit this. The first time I ever heard Cult Personality by Living Color was because of CM Punk. Oh wow, that kind of I understand, but that one kind of hurts me. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but he made it work. The, the only other context I'd ever heard the song in was Guitar Hero. Uh, it was the only other content that ever heard it and I remember hearing it for CM Punk and I was like I want to know what that song is and I want to know every single thing about it and the people who made it oh. yeah, yeah. Living Colour Living Colour amazing metal band no they're, oh, yeah. they're they're amazing and they were so pioneering oh yeah and I look at I you know I look at their stuff from a modern perspective mm. and I'm still amazed by the things that they were doing mm. <laughs> Oh man, so where do we go from here? Let's go to modern day. I mean, uh, of, of well, a modern day for, for Jim Johnson leading up to his unfortunate end uh, in 2017. But uh, I mean, he was still knocking at themes left, right, and centre. I don't think he 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 certainly never lost his step. But I feel oh, with no. the changing time of the WWE, it looked like it seemed like even as as far back as 2007, they were kind of kind of slowly weaning him out in a sense mm. so well it, it it depends in the context that you kind of accept and think of it in because mm. i mean as as what i've read goes on uh they obviously had they had kind of the foundation of the deals with uh the guys in cfos Mm-hmm. Dating back to dating back to around 2010, they first properly started in around 2013, actually making themes. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, as some story goes, kind of they were kind of slowly phasing him out and bringing the guys from CFOS in. Yeah. Um, but... um, 
in in the same vein, some people were saying that it's down to they thought that the company for Jim Johnston was kind of out of touch, or that uh, they may have thought that you know he was, you know, becoming a bit predictable. Which I never understood because if I think no. if I'm honest, Jim Johnston was a person who kind of was keeping up with the times, unlike certain CEOs of that company. Um, well, I think, I think the thing about it, though, is I think with that perspective uh, and saying about being predictable is that I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad thing, though. Yeah, mm. exactly. Because you're meant to be signifying someone. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, mean... I don't... like. And point of order, I'm sorry. Like, he has a... Like, he has, like... He, yeah, he has like um, he kind of skews a bit more onto the guitar-heavy stuff, but the fact that the man made um, the fact that the man helped make like No Chance in Hell and then helped make Viva La Raza shows that like he's got something. Mm. Let's not. Forget I mean, I, as again, well. the thing I have to say is he did the Undertaker's theme, and let's yeah. not forget that he collaborated with Naughty by Nature to bring Here Comes the Money. So you know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> also, I do. I do want to bring in one thing. Uh, we're talking about this modern era, right? <laughs> I feel like we kind of have to talk about John Cena's theme. Yeah, yes. we do. We which do. we have, which we have to maintain, was produced, and Jim Johnson had a working role in. Though obviously, it was performed by John Cena himself. Mm-hmm. I and I mean. Mm. Would you put it up there as one of the most iconic themes? I, you yeah, know what I would I'd do? have to. I'd have to. Same. I, even though I still kind of fervently um, believe that Basic Fuganomics is the much better song. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it is. It is, but. No, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, um, if I, if I, depending on which one would I rather listen to, Basic Fuganomics all the time. But which one is the best theme for John Cena, which is what this is all about. What is the best descriptor of a wrestler? Yeah, you got to put it on as one of his greatest works, frankly. Yeah, I mean, given as well as that, um, the, the, the songs that uh, he sampled as well for, uh, for My Time Is Now, um, I think he couldn't have picked like a couldn't have picked like better samples so the samples he used if i believe was anti up by mop um which i think got got cena in trouble actually um because i don't think they actually had permission to to use that um that sting that they used for anti up um and i believe it was one of those classic it was one of those classic cases where like people couldn't agree whether or not sampling constitutes theft or not indeed it's it's a weird one. It's but a the... conversation that's been going around the music world for I don't know about the last forty years. Yeah, mm. ever since I think it's it's been going around since you know rap was invented. Oh, so, ever, yeah. ever since ever since like the first kind of proto forms of hip hop existed. Mm. Yeah, and of course the main like... sample uh, was a little known song. I think it was a cover of a song called "The Nights uh, The Night The Lights Went Out in Georgia" by a band called Pete Schofield and the Canadians. Look that up, Ooh. and you'll definitely you'll definitely hear that do 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 in that song. Um, if, if, again, it's you you have to put it up there as an iconic one, like, and hell, yeah. you know what? 
I'm going to admit this now. I did buy the Time Is Now album. Oh no, You Can't See Me album. There are a few songs on there where John's actually really good. Like, uh, is he the best rapper? Is Is he the best rapper? Not by any stretch of the margin. But he knows what he's doing. And he certainly knows how to rhyme and to lay down a beat, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We we have many things to say about John Cena. He's not a terrible rapper. I'll give him that. (laughs) I've heard worse. Yeah, we've heard definitely worse. Good God. I mean, have you ever heard of the Icy Hot Stunters? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just just reference this by saying, have have either of you two here heard of a guy called Ice JJ Fish? Yes, uh, I've heard yeah, that. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. All right, Ridden, I'm sending you Ice JJ Fish. There's nothing you can do about it. You're going to have to listen to it. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, but with this as well, we bring up Brock Lesnar's theme. Uh, both yep. both his Enforcer and Next Big Thing, uh, thing themes are great. Um, uh, oh, who else? I mean, Rey Mysterio. Uh, as well, yeah. I think both. Okay, uh, I, I, I got to. I got to. I got to. I got to say. I got to say. I know he's been using Booyaka for the longest time, but I'm sorry. Who's that jumping out the sky? Yes, I was just about to bring that up. I, I think, can't. I can't. Uh, I feel like that was perfect. Was a perfect kind of WWE version of his like filthy animals theme from back in WCW. Mm. I just felt like that perfectly yeah. encapsulated Rey Mysterio uh, in a yeah. nutshell. Uh, of course, they wanted something a little bit more that had a bit more punch to it, and of course, you know, Booyaka Booyaka Six One Nine is is great for that. Viva La Raza! Come on. Can I can I mention one of my favourite modern era themes? Go on. Go ahead. It's got to be Batista. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let us let us talk about Dave Batista. Like again. it's just got to be Batista, and I will say this: it's on one of it's on one of the albums that they release for digital only. Oh, the un- is it the uncaged ones? It's on one of them. Mm. I think it's on one of those. There's uh, there's two demo versions that they use for video packages uh, for WrestleMania. Yes. And it's it's um, Batista's theme and Randy Orton's theme, but done in acoustic. Yes. Ooh. Dude, that stuff hits so hard. The, the, they uh, use them for like video packages. Oh it's wait, so no, good. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I remember hearing the acoustic version of "I Walk Alone," thinking, "Yeah, wow, that that hits fucking hard." Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what I yeah, it's is... so good, but just Batista's theme in general, I I love it. Both variations actually, of, I, actually, of Batista's theme. Just like yeah. you have me doing the machine gun pose, I'm like twelve. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm very quickly. I ain't gonna spend too much time on it, but. I'm sorry, Randy Orton. Your first theme was great. I love your, I love the theme that you use, but I really like it. I oh really yeah, do. Mercy, uh, "Burning My Light" by Mercy Drive. Uh, it was a was a great song. I loved that song. Also, it had an yeah. amazing guitar solo in the bridge of the mm. song. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mercy Drive, very little, very little known band, but produced a lot of good songs, including Maven's theme. Oh, do you remember? I Maven heard that name in forever. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the theme, honestly. Honestly, right, and and a lot of people, even Justin Wan, would agree with me that that song was an amazing song for a wrestler. Um, and it's like Maven got that one, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Cool. Uh, great. If, as long as it makes you uh, puts you over, 
it kind of never did, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, God, there's so many we can go on and go on about. Yeah, we... But with the good, yeah. I will have to say, and I want to put it in with a uh, segue into this, with the good comes the bad, and there have been a lot of bad Jim Johnson songs. Uh, he can't bat <laughs> no a thousand one, no sometimes. One, no one bats a thousand. Yeah. Uh, but man, who do, where, where do we want to go with this? I mean, just go for it. You man. know which one. I mean, all right. I'm starting with Rob Conway. Come on, like I can't help. But it's start just with Rob so Conway. misplaced. <laughs> look, there, there's look, look, there's there's a lot of theme songs that you can have with different genres, and I'm I I, I it's it's it was good to see that Jim was willing to experiment with different genres. But Randy Newman in a wrestling <laughs> for a wrestler, no, like no. There's six like post 60s jazz piano was not not an avenue i expected i just think lyrically as well it's just so all over the place as well yeah you want to talk lyrically all over the place let's talk about tests theme then which was just nothing which, which was just nonsense look tests theme was amazing <laughs> but once you actually hear the lyrics to it give it up now give you give you now we can call peace hit it with the rock hock sob conceit to soul on parasol i'm just like what the hell are you talking about jim <laughs> <laughs> um oh man dan i am know I, you want to am talk i gonna about have it. to mention it am i gonna have to mention it Do yes it's mr ross <laughs> look, look, you know what with that one i almost want to give jim johnson a pass because that was a terrible gimmick and so it's only right it was an it was an awful gimmick that he had to try and work with and and like tried but like it failed and i don't think it was ever meant to succeed in the first place yeah (laughs) i tell you it's that thing with billy gunn and i know a lot of people bring it up as well is that billy gunn reminds reminds me a lot of Dolph ziggler and then they were both mid-card guys that you definitely knew that could go and definitely were had the talent to go to the main event scene but it's just they were lumbered with awful gimmicks and mr ass is just peak bad billy god yeah (laughs) yeah oh god reardon oh oh sorry real quick real quick a good one i'm sorry i have to do it i have to do it because i can't believe we forgot it (laughs) the hardy boys Yes, if as a matter of fact, I believe. Now, Jim... I was going to say because I have them under my non-Jim Johnston list. Oh, is yes. this? Oh no! Because it was, I think it was oh. made by a guy called Zach Tempest. If it was, I believe. Uh, oh. The reference I remember seeing was a band called Endeavor After. Ah, Let's yes, see. No More Words. Yes, who did No More Words? Uh, Jeff Hardy's best fame. Yeah, that, uh, um, I, uh, I was hoping that I could get through this this podcast episode without making that mistake. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. I actually didn't realize that at first. I only realized it after researching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, a lot of like uh, Steve Blackman's theme, for example, was a production. Like, was a was a outsourced production theme. Uh, so was with the Hardys um, when they were part of the New Brood, which then ended up becoming the most iconic theme song. Um, same thing with Endeavor After. Because yeah. um, uh... I, I want to mention one for myself, which I personally really like, mm. and maybe will never really be brought up in the conversation. Go uh-huh. on. Zack Ryder. Yeah. I think yeah. his downstate version, I think, of his is, is incredible. I really like his downstate version of radio. Yep. 
I personally am a really big fan of it. Mm. Um, I guess this leads on to the next question then. Or kind of like the final kind of like question. What is... Oh, before we get to the final question as well, I do want to bring this in. I referenced it all the way near the start of us talking about this before we get to the end. Mm. <laughs> You're not going to believe me when I say this. Oh, okay. But... For some reason, I don't know why, even when they were like big time jobbers and basically never appearing on TV, in like 2017, the Colognes, Primo and Epico, it was done by CFOS, <laughs> had one of like the most banger themes, and I can't <laughs> understand why. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that is a very interesting one you bring up, Dan. People won't believe. Anyone that's listening, go out and listen to it. Because <laughs> it is amazing. It. I will listen to it. Do it. I'm glad you stopped me uh, from doing that final question because it stopped me from. Because I completely forgot about rounding this all up. So, after 30. I think it's 30 odd years. About 30. No, 32 years being in the company. And at that time, making. I think he had made songs for Seamus. He had done the song for Alberto yep. Del Rio. Um, he had still been producing bangers, and I believe his last, very last song was Baron Corbin's new theme of I Bring the Darkness. Um, yep. Jim Johnston was let go, or his contract was not renewed with the company, uh, was released from it, ending his 32-year tenure in the WWE. And since then, he hasn't done much. He's made sporadic appearances in podcasts. He was part of the StarCast um, fan convention at All In. Um, and uh, he's been releasing all of his unreleased demos and unreleased uh, tracks uh, as part of the Uncaged uh, compilation of CDs. Um, and so, yeah, this leads me into the, the final question uh, for Jim Johnston. What is uh, three of our personal favourite Jim Johnston themes? Starting with Dan. I hate you so much. Uh, oh man. Okay, three favorite Jim Johnston themes. It doesn't have to be your absolute favorite, but the yeah, three that have come to head. This is in okay. no particular order. I am going Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am going Stone Cold. Mm hmm. And I'm going DX. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I guess it's me. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go for uh, my time slash um, higher brain pattern. <laughs> uh, Stone Cold has to be. And for my third... God help me. Uh, one of, it's like, in no particular order, and this will change vaguely. I've got to go for Kane. Yeah. Kane. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go for that. Uh, what version, though? The Burned or Slow Chemical? Slow chemical. I was gonna say there was, a, there was a lot of love from the IWC for slow chemicals. Look, 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 look. Both are great. Like the the the, the original has that cool nineties one, but slow chemical is just perfect. It's There's just a reason perfect. why that song ended up on the Punisher soundtrack. It's because it's bloody great. It's just... Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that. Yeah. Uh okay, yeah. Third for me would be higher brain pattern, my time. Um, second would be, oh man, second, 
would probably be uh, Nation of Domination. Mm-hmm. And the second one, or the first one, is Eyes of Righteousness by Reverend Devon. No, um, the first <laughs> one would definitely have to be uh, Glass Shatters. Uh, can I, not can not I the just disturbed version, the... but the, the, the original version of Steve. Can Austin. I just say <laughs> my... My my legacy pick though is the Undertaker's theme. Yo, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the legacy pick. That's yeah. like the yeah. If he if, did, if he did nothing else, he gave us that. It just so happens that he gave us everything else. Yeah, for for me, if I had to, if he I was had the to... benevolent god. <laughs> yeah. If, if if for legacy as well, I would say if you want to have like free in legacy, I'm putting Hitman in there for Bret Hart. There has not been a more oh, iconic yeah. guitar yeah, yeah. rift, I feel, that's encapsulated a rest of the more like Bret Hart and that theme song. And I guess Real I American. It... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that's I'm... a that's a solid yeah. legacy yeah. pick. If 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 I'm going legacy, I'm going I'm going Undertaker, I'm going Shawn Michaels. Mm, that's uh, and I'm probably I'm probably gonna say Eddie. Yeah. That's fair. No, I'd that's go fair. For, that, for that case then I'd go Hogan, Hart. Jake Roberts. Yeah. If we're going legacy, I'm I have an outlier actually. If we're going legacy, I'm going Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're talking legacy, those are as as I have never as when I honest to God, <laughs> because when I honest to God think of. Capitalism. I think no <laughs> chance in hell. <laughs> Christ, you're not wrong. You're really not and wrong. I came for entrance themes and I got deep political commentary. Yeah, I know, but I'm sorry. When I think of, if I think of um a, if I'm thinking of what the <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It has to be Vince McMahon. No, I'm I, sorry. I, I mean, you're not wrong. And like, what a way, what a way to cap off. This episode. No, I, of have why a, we I have a one quick question. I have one quick question oh. that's gonna before we before we cap it off. Go on. I'm gonna have to just say it. Pick your entrance theme, guys. Pick your entrance theme. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna throw my hands up here. Mm-hmm. If I had, to, if I had to pick it based on a current wrestler right now. It would be Alistair Black. That's fair. Flight but... of the Valkyries for me. That's fair. All right. If Include... I had if I if I had to pick an if I had to pick one and I was there and I was like, this is to be my entrance fee going on and reflecting who I am as a as a wrestler and who I want to be, then I'm probably going to have to say Chris Jericho's Break the mm. Walls Down. Mm. Okay. See, okay, so if I'm going for a current wrestler, um, it's um, ain't no make believe, ain't no make believe. Oh yeah. One. Even though it's not, even though it's, I don't care. It's I love that. Oh, it is, it is Jim Johnson. Dear God, yeah, I looked it up. Yep, doing that one. Um, if we're going for one that of me, I have two that I think both work. It would be follow the leader, Rakim and Eric B, or. <laughs> Left or left hand Suzuki method gorillas. That's mine. Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if if for me the two choices would probably be Flight of the Valkyries, um, or Chrome Hearts for Gargano and Champa. 
That's fair. Um, but if I was to pick one outside of the realms of wrestling, crumbs. Oh, that's a different question for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as you as you so stated, Rin, I actually know what I would pick Gargano's old theme, Don't Die Digging by the graduate. If I had to pick one outside the realms of wrestling, uh, there's a band called Northlane who are sick. You should listen to them. They have a song called 4D. Oh, that okay. shit is crazy. That is a okay. great song. That is a great song by Northlane. Uh, <laughs> and with that, yeah. then, um, we have ended our gushing session over why we love Jim Johnston, so just in so time for nice. the FA Cup final. Oh yeah, just in time. <laughs> As, of recording. As of recording. As of recording. Come oh, on, Chelsea. This now. Come on, Chelsea. Get out of my sight. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get hammered, Dad. It's gonna be beautiful. And I'm oh, a man, Ch- I'm and I'm a Cholton fan, so I'm re- I'm remaining very much in the middle of this. <laughs> Let's go. Let's <laughs> oh, go. No, I have no. Listen, nothing but respect for Charlton. They are technically my local team right now. Nothing but respect for him. Despite the fact Dude, that they're looking like they're winning. going into an administration anytime soon. <laughs> you know. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, let's, uh, if you want to uh, follow Dan and Ridden's madness as to who wins the FA Cup today, check us out on Twitter at Sweet Chinwag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that, that gives me the very, very awesome news of telling you what the next episode's going to be. <laughs> <clears throat> the Sweet Chinwag Podcast presents Sam's Guide to New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> I get to educate this one. Oh, I have. I get to educate these two on where to start, what matches to see, and who to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of in today's climate <laughs> of <laughs> New Japan. <laughs> hey, I'll say this much. I I, I, I I am a mark for Okada. What can I say? He is this generation's <laughs> Ric Flair. I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> but, so, like before you before you send off, I just got to say to the listener, hey, you've got a lot of good music recommendations. This one. Oh, oh I know. Without by all means, just tweet us and I'll probably respond and <laughs> give oh, you yeah. some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're happy to talk for this for hours. Oh yeah. God. Oh, heck yeah. So, with that then, it is time to say thank you very much for listening. This has been Sam. This has been Dan and Ridden, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We will see you on the next one. Goodbye! Listen to Finn Balor's theme. <laughs>